Welcome to Abiding Life Studios podcast, where we tell relatable stories and lessons about how God moves in the natural of life. You'll hear real life stories with applicable lessons. When you're finished with the podcast, head on over to abidinglife.com where you can access the unique self-test, books, merch, free teachings, and more. Now for today's podcast. Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Shay Wells, and you're going to see that I'm missing somebody today. I kicked Noah off the podcast today so we could have a little girl chat. Um, I know there was a time where we were going to do like women's only podcasts and things, but all of our podcasts go on the same channel. And so I just figured I'd just kick him out when I want and we would have a little girl chat. So today I have my friend, Hannah, she is here. She has such an incredible story that I really want to share with you. Um, we met on social media and we just have been following each other for a while. And so much of her story has just touched my life and really resonated with my faith as well. So I really wanted to bring her on today and so that she can share some of her story. So hi, Hannah. Hi, it's good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for yeah, no spending problem. some time with me. Um, <laughs> Hannah is married. How long have you and Richard been married? It'll be 10 years in September. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 10 years, you're just getting started, really, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like we just hit 13 years and it was like, I feel like we're just now getting into like the groove of things. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, because when you hit one groove, then you have kids and then yes. it throws off the groove and you have to start all over again. Exactly. And speaking of, you have two boys. I do. And they are how old? Jack is almost four and Peter just turned one. Okay. And four yeah. to me, four is like when things, they get like even more independent. Like three mm -hmm. was always really hard for us as far as like there's big emotions and there's big yeah. transitions at three. And I felt like yeah. at four things start kind of easy. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Just start easing it yeah. a little bit. But parenting is so wild. It's like one stage finishes and you're like, oh, we're out of diapers, right? It's like, okay, we're out of diapers. And then the next thing happens and you're like, great, now we have big emotions. I'd rather have the diapers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all this up and down and up and down but always it super is. fun so it is it's so sweet love it and one to me is like it's so fun to watch them learn they they learn so much around that one to two year mark it's so mm -hmm. fun to watch them like start doing things <laughs> oh yeah Peter's starting to crawl and cruise around and point very aggressively at what he wants and babbles <laughs> all the time I'm like you are saying a lot I have no idea what you're saying but you are you got a lot to say yes uh, and soon he'll start putting words to that and he'll be aggressively pointing and saying what you need to be doing <laughs> exactly I'm here for it sounds good to me <laughs> yeah it's amazing so um I know we've been talking about this podcast for quite a while and um, we'll kind of get to what sparked the idea of this podcast. Um, but I didn't know if you kind of wanted to take it back to the, the beginning of Hannah's life. Like, did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you grow up 
um, with a strong faith or going to church? Like, what did it look like? What did, who was God in Hannah's upbringing? Yeah, totally. Uh, I am kind of that classic Christian story. Um, grew up, both of my parents were believers. We went to church. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was five. Um, although then the story goes, oh, but I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't recommit my life until this. Granted, a five-year-old doesn't know the complexity yeah. of what she's doing, but I do believe it was genuine. I think Jesus entered my life. The Holy Spirit was there since I was five. Um, and then it was just kind of a steady growth from there. I never had this story of turning away, um, which I actually like wanted because I saw so many of my friends have these like big grand stories and and I felt like I was almost kind of missing out on that. Um, so yeah, kind of <laughs> just was a very sensitive soul. Uh, so all my parents had to do was just raise their voice at me and I would just start sobbing genuinely <laughs> and felt so convicted by anything. Um, so I was the very shy. I was a very shy kid growing up. Um, I did gymnastics. That was my thing. That was my world. Um, aside from like, you know, youth group and all that. Yeah. But gymnastics is a very, you know, kind of you and you have your team, but you know, team building thing. And, and so I was just kind of a little world and my gymnastics friends, none of them were my age. They were all younger than me. They went to different schools. And so at school, I was just kind of this kind, shy girl that everyone well enough because just kind of got along with everyone. Um, I was just kind of the, the do-gooder that everyone knew wasn't going to get into trouble. And yeah, yeah. so that was yeah, growing up. Yeah. I love these stories though, because a lot of people have stories of I grew up and my parents were, were both believers and I went to church and all of these things. And they're like, you know, I, like you said, I never walked away. I never had this grand story, but that also doesn't mean that things were perfect or that, you know, you've never had struggles in your faith or <laughs> anything like that. And so I love these yeah. stories because there's so many points in our life where it's like, even if we are believers from the beginning and we have this incredible walk with God, we can still struggle and we still have like these hard times. And we still have yeah. these stories that, although they may not be that we walked away, but it was still like, oh man, God was there through the things. And I think sometimes yeah. like I had this notion, um, when I was growing up and I accepted Christ at 13 and I didn't think I did it well enough. So I kept doing it and doing it and doing it because I had this message that all of a sudden I would have like no negative thoughts and like everything was going to yeah. be perfect. And like, if I just accepted Jesus, then like it was, my life was going to be picture perfect and everything was just going to be like no, no bumps in the road because I had, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's what I expected. And then, I mean, the bumps kept coming and I was like, You're like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I swear I prayed the salvation prayer like 35 times. Cause I was like, am I wrong? Did you not hear me? And so, yeah, I love that, that you started with a strong faith and really like had this, um, incredible foundation, 
um, while still going through life. <laughs> and yep. Um, one of the things that you had talked about, um, on your social media recently was how at one point, and I'm not sure what age you were or when it kind of started, but that you had struggled with some level of fear. Mm -hmm. And was that fear, um, if you're okay talking about it, was it fear of, of God not doing what he, what you were expecting him to do or fear of, you know, not being enough or not, where do you think that kind of stemmed from, or what did that look like for you? Yeah, it was a very tangible and, um, I don't like, there was definitely a reason. So it was, I guess, five years ago, um, we had started trying to have a family, miscarried our very first, which rocked my world. Cause I was naive and thought that would never happen to me. Um, so it was like the highest high to the lowest low, but also God met me in that low. Um, and then I got pregnant, I don't know, three months later or something with Jack. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the fear was there. We like learned that we miscarried when we went in for the eight week ultrasound and, you know, no heartbeat. And so leading up to the ultrasound with Jack riddled with fear, which, yeah this was the experience that I had already walked through. I was terrified that it was going to happen again. And I didn't want to feel that way ever again, even though God met me there. And that like, I, I still was riddled with fear. Um, and went into that ultrasound, everything was great. And then I was very surprised when the fear didn't go away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it still is possible that we could miscarry again. And then, but then I was realizing that even once he was in my arms, didn't all of a sudden mean, great, now he's safe. Yeah. <laughs> now he's in this big world and he's safe and nothing's ever going to happen. Like yeah. this realization that I could be afraid for the rest of my life of so many things. And it was surrounding him in particular. Um, but, you know, that goes to anything what could happen to my parents? What could happen to me, my husband, anything? And I think I just kind of made a decision of like, I am going to surrender this and I will not let fear be the defining thing in my life anymore. And I think kind of like salvation starts with a one-time decision saying, this is my line in the sand. Jesus, I believe in you. I want you. Fear, you have no hold on me. But then it is also a daily decision and sometimes moment my moment decision to reaffirm this is still my line in the sand. Because in both situations, you can't just declare it once and step back and say, I said yeah. it, I did it. Life is forever changed. Yeah. You know that like life happens. We have a very real enemy trying to assault us. And we have to make that decision all the time. So it was knowing that the fear anxiety, worry was going to come at me and not be surprised when it did, but then take it, acknowledge what it was and say, no, I will not roll on this. I will not even think about this. I'm going to shift my focus to truth, to gratitude, to whatever it needs to shift to, um, yeah. not give fear 
a hold, a grip. Because I think that's something else that people do is they get surprised when come at them and they feel like, oh, well, I must have done it wrong or I don't yeah. know. This Forgot punishing me because, you know, I'm, I'm full of fear. Something's wrong. And, and I love that you mentioned the moment by moment. That's something that we talk about within the ministry a lot because there is this, like, I accepted Christ, you know, like I was saying, like, I accepted Christ. Why are there still these things happening? Or, I mean, there yeah. are times where belief gets hard. And it's like, wait, I have to choose this moment by moment. I have to remind myself moment by moment because we do have an enemy that wants our marriage and wants our kids and wants our lives, especially when we are Christ-centered people. That moment by moment reminder is so important. And I think so many people, myself including, included, really struggle with fear. And mine really came up, like you said, with kids as well. Like I flew to India, had no problems. I have kids and I'm like, I don't want to get on a plane. <laughs> you know, it's like these silly things of, of, of when I had kids, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm now their person. Right. And like, I need to keep them safe. That is my job where really it's not at all. And there's nothing that I can do would be bigger than what our God can do in them. And really we can't protect them. He does. We just get to really, for me, I have teenagers. And so it's really fun to watch them be protected by God. And I just get to be a part of that. I just get to watch that. I just get to like have a front row seat in what God is doing in their lives. It's not me, Mm -hmm. but as a parent, and especially as a mom, it's like, they're mine. They came from my body. Yeah. And I love well, I it's an aspect of control yes. where ourselves, even though we can't actually control, we feel like we yes. can or should. And we hold on to that control with a death grip to our own detriment. But we feel like we can or should have control. And then with our kids, it's like we can't even pretend that we no. have control because it's. No. It's another human. And so at least with ourselves, we can like have it or like scramble to keep it. But with them, we have to live open-handed because yes. the kids. Well, if anyone has ever had a toddler, there's, there's, exactly. no <laughs> there's a whole lot of guidance, but they're wild. <laughs> so it's like, there's yeah. not a lot. And I think it's hard too, that we live in this society of like, we have to, we can control anything and we are in control of our future and we are in control of everything. And it's like, it's so interesting, the shift of society too, which of course, I mean, we could have a whole other podcast on this, whole other thing. <laughs> whole other subject, but you know, we are told we have so much control. So then that's what we try to do when really God is like, you have no control, but I do. And so follow me. Like I've got you. And mm-hmm. There was um, something that you had said months ago, um, and it's along these lines where it's so easy that we can idolize our children through that control too. And when you said that, I was like, it was such like a truth bomb for me. And I didn't realize that I had done that and continue to do it. It's something that I have to remind myself of moment by moment of like, they're not something that I need to idolize my marriage, my kids and those things. So can you touch on that? 
Yeah. I think, you know, it's so easy when we're reading the Bible to like skip over passages, not necessarily skip them, but read like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm good. You know, I don't have this little figurine of a, of a false <laughs> God on my desk. Um, and then even when we think of other idols or things that grip us, we think of sinful things. We yes. think, think of the things where we struggle with them and we're like, oh, this is an idol in my life, whether, you know, drinking, pornography, sex, whatever. Like we think of those as the idols and then we don't ever think about the good things in our life that are just taking a higher place than God is. And lots of times we can know what those things are of like, what are the things that consume our mind? What are the things that we worry about? But also what are the things that bring us the most joy? Yes. You know, and it's like, is God the thing bringing us the most joy? Not, you know, it's like all of these things. And we forget that all of these really good things that were meant as gifts and that are meant to be enjoyed when they take the place of the most important thing in our life, that is an idol. And that is something that God says, uh-uh, I am always number one, no matter what, I am number one. And kids can so easily spouses can so easily take that space in our life and in our minds and in our time and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, an idol is anything that you go to before God, right? You go to besides God, you know, we're going to go, I'm going to go scroll my phone because I feel upset. You know, I'm going to go hang out with my kids because I'm feeling not enough and they love me right? Like there's all of these things, my husband, right? I'm going to go to Noah because I'm having a problem and I'm going to go talk it out with him. Then I'll go to God later. And it's mm -hmm. so, if easy. that didn't work, yes, <laughs> especially yeah. like if yeah. it didn't work to do thing B or plan A, plan B, <laughs> I, maybe he can do something about it. Hey God, you know, I've gone to everybody else. I've talked to all of my girlfriends. <laughs> I've talked to my husband. I've gone on my social media and I'm not getting the answer I want. So now I'll go to you. <laughs> It's like, whoa, 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 go. And I think that the word idol, and we've been talking about this a lot um, the last few weeks, which is interesting, but it has like this scary, like, oh, I don't have an idol. Cause like you said, yeah, I went to India when I was 17 and like, talk about idols. Like there are people bowing down to statues and making like swastikas and rice and things that you're just like, I don't do that. Like What? But how many times do we idolize, I mean, our phones, our husbands, the people, our friends, just the things that are right here. So it's really just anything that you run to besides God, before God. And so I, um, I appreciate you touching on that because I just think our husbands and kids, they're right there. And it's so easy to hold them to a place and think that we're protecting them, but really, like you said, they're not, they're not ours. <laughs> yeah. And I think along with it too, you know, what I've realized in the last year is it's also that thing that if God were to take it away, mm -hmm. would we still say he's good? Yeah. I think a lot of people will declare God, you are good when blessings are flowing. God, you are good. This, that, and the other, Yeah, but there's that. But if this happens, mm -hmm. we're not going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that also you can tell where the idol is because most Christians, and I know I've probably had that, I've let that go. Yeah. Um, I come face to face with what those things were that would be like, 
God, this is the thing that's going to make us not, not be okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of times with our kids, you know, it's like they get hurt or something happens. And I think a lot of people's first thought is God, don't you take my kids. Don't you do that. And I have friends who have lost their children. And it's like, I can't believe God did that to me. And I have not lost, I have not lost a child. And so I don't understand the thinking. I haven't been there. I can't speak on that from a point of experience, but I think that that is a lot of times our first knee jerk reaction is God, why would you do this to me? This is, these are my kids. You gave them to me. So why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this last year. It's yeah. been, it's been an interesting one for you guys. It has been. Um, yeah. Can we, before we roll into the last few months, there also was a major life altering um, experience for you where you lost your mom recently as well. I did. And yeah. that was two years ago? Mm-hmm. Two years in October. Okay. And was that pretty unexpected? No, that one was, we knew it was coming. She had okay. cancer for eight years. Um, okay. The first six like she managed so well and then right around when Jack was born things just started like kind of going in the wrong direction um and then really it was about three months where it went downhill very fast um but it's like we got to we got to go see her two weeks before she passed but like intentionally say goodbye because we could tell that yeah she probably wouldn't make it much longer so um we had the gift of time and to mend anything that was broken. And she got to see me as a mom. She got to see my sister as a mom. Um, I actually even got to tell her that I was pregnant with Peter three days before she passed. Wow. Um, so it was, it was her time. And yeah. when my dad, you know, FaceTimed me to say she's with Jesus now, there was nothing but joy Yeah. Um, because we had already grieved losing her every every step of the way as we lost pieces of her and like you know her mobility and then when she was on so many pain meds you know talking to her like and I had those steps so luckily by the time that she was gone you know we still have what we call grief bursts where a memory whether it's happy sad you know we'll we'll cry um and we hold space for that and think it's great to release it but um at this point we're just happy she's with Jesus and that we had the time and the perspective and all of that. Um, so that actually didn't hit as hard as, you know, the phrase of, I lost my mom. Um, I was like, she's with Jesus. I'll see her again. (laughs) And I, I got to know it was coming. So that one didn't hit quite as hard. Yeah. Man, I just, I love your heart so much and I love your outlook on things and just like what God has done in your life. So, you know, you, you lose your mom, which was hard. I mean, she's your mom, but you have such a beautiful outlook and, and a joyful heart that she's with Jesus, which amen, that's incredible. And so beautiful. And I think death is hard for all of us. Cause it's like, it's hard on us, but they're like, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're, fine. <laughs> they're great. 
they're great and we're sad, <laughs> but yeah. it's nice to have that joyful heart of like, you know, that she's with Jesus and, and you were able to tell her about Peter. And so you have, you know, you're pregnant, you lost your mom, but you have this beautiful baby on the way and pregnancy was easy-ish, normal. Oh, well, the, the first trimester was just death. <laughs> I, the way I phrase it, I was dead to the world. That's when Jack started watching TV because yeah. I was like, I, I can't function. Yeah. Um, sorry, kid. Here's a TV <laughs> that you never really watched before. Um, but after that, you know, it got better. Got through the whole thing though, pushed through. Um, and after that, it got easier. After that, it was a pretty normal pregnancy. No complications with him, which was great. So yeah, and then death you, at first, and then it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> that first trimester is a doozy, and I swear the second one is worse because you're like watching over a toddler, and it's like I have no energy, and I don't have time for a nap, and I feel sick. <laughs> it's like that second one. I know, gets you. <laughs> um, and then how old was Peter when you noticed that maybe something was going on? Um, four months. It okay. was in October. He started getting a little bump on his eye. And um, someone else actually asked about it. We were in for an appointment for his ear because he has a little Nemo ear, as we call it. It's just closed it. off. Um, yeah. And so we had been going to different appointments to figure out how much he could hear out of his one ear. And it, it was actually at one of those that the person was like, oh, did he bump his head this morning? And I'm like, oh, there is a, no. Like, I've been with him all morning. He never bumped his head. That's weird. So um since it wasn't like red or bruising, we called our pediatrician and he had said, oh, it's probably a dermoid cyst or these little bumps that kids can get on their eyes. It'll grow until um, we get in to drain it. Boring surgery. <laughs> like, okay. Phew. So um, he kept growing slowly at first and we actually went in to see him for his well check and like, yeah, I think this is what this is. Um, we'll get it going. And then after that, it started growing rapidly, but since know what to look for and we didn't really Google it, what it normally would look like, it grew very large. Um, and so it had been growing for about a month when we finally got in to see the dermatologist and they quickly were like, this is not a dermoid cyst. You need to like get into an ultrasound today. And so very quickly we were like, oh dear, yeah. this thing that we thought was no big deal yeah yeah am I just rolling into this story now because I feel yeah. like I'm just yeah rolling. we're good okay. let's do it <laughs> <laughs> and so um the short version is ER trip again because the swelling then started swelling into his eye that turned into an immediate emergent MRI and biopsy within the week um we got the diagnosis that he had a malignant rhabdoid tumor which is a very rare, very aggressive type of cancer that gave him an 8% 8% chance of living since at that point he was five months old. Um, and yeah, there are 20 to 25 cases in the United States each year. So it's also one where they're like, yeah. not a whole lot of research of like, this is the best way to fight this and not yeah. a lot of kids make it. So that was... <laughs> you have this baby that you're like... I, he's a, he's a new baby. He's barely in your yeah. arms. And like you said before, when you were pregnant with Jack, like all of that fear of once they're in my arms, 
maybe it'll be okay. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and you Peter in your arms and it's like, oh wait, that, that fear of that first ultrasound. Now it's like, well, now he's here. And, and what do you do? Like, what was yeah. your first, did you ever, like when you first got that diagnosis and um, you first started walking through this, were there other ever times that you did question, question God, question what he was doing? Were you ever mad about this situation or have, has your life been, been enough training that you were able to just go to Jesus's feet? <laughs> it was enough training that I was able to immediately just, because all of these lessons that I learned through the miscarriage through losing my mom. Um, I had declared through all of them, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that first miscarriage. Before it happened, I had been getting just over the head with the phrase, God, you are good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was very joyful when that first happened to me because I was pregnant and we had been trying and it wasn't working. And so it was this like, oh, God, so good and it was coming at me from all different directions and then the very first thought that I had when not there through tears streaming down my face was God you are still good um and so it was like wow this is the first time in my life that my faith has been tested and I believe it it is no longer words on a paper it is this is the cry of my heart when it is broken is God you are still good and, you know, with my mom, it was like, yep, God, you are good. Like, she's there. We're good. This is great. Yeah. So it was training of, God, I hate that this is what this world holds. I hate that this is what the fall has done. And this is the world that we live in. I hate that kids have to go through this. Yeah. But I know you're good. I know you will give me strength to get through this. Um, very quickly, we realized we had, it had to be day by day because with this diagnosis, that first week or so, we did a lot of what if, and looking at the future, will he be here at Christmas? Will he make it to his first birthday? Probably not. And, um, that was a very hard, dark, just grief filled first week until we realized that's not going to help anyone. All that's going to do is going to strip away however much time that we have with them. Yeah. Um, and we just need to appreciate today, mm-hmm. ask God to give us strength for today and appreciate the baby that's in our arms for as long as he is in our arms. Yeah. Um, and the word that my husband actually, well, I guess we got together because his fear was that suffer mm. that God had in control, but he was going to suffer. And then the word that I got off of that was, yes, but Hannah, I gave you as his comfort. Part of that was breastfeeding. Part of that was just holding him. Um, And part of that was being a rock for him, um, being able to be his comfort because, you know, God was comforting me. And so I was able to pass that on to Peter. So yeah, in the beginning, (laughs) there was still a lot of fear banging on my door every day. And every day it was saying, nope in my arms still I am going to cherish him and that kind of became my word for 2023 was cherish however much time that I have 
I am not going to waste it angry. I'm not going to waste it scared. I'm not going to waste it wondering about the future because I'm going to put myself the future Hannah's shoes and she wants me to be in this moment. Um, however hard that it's going to be, be present, be here. Don't be numb. Don't try to zone out on social media, like scrolling. Don't yeah. let food become a thing. Don't get rid of all these healthy habits that you've built mm-hmm. and that you know help and don't shove everyone out. Um, let them in accepting help yeah, <laughs> and GoFundMes and all of this stuff, but also and honest and vulnerable on social media, on anyone who wants to have a podcast, like share your story. Don't try to hide it. As I've done that, God has just, just been so good and taught me. Like, I didn't even think I had that much more to learn. Like <laughs> I thought I had learned a lot, like <laughs> four years ago and through all of it, I was like, oh, I've already learned so much, but Oh, this has been the year of growing and learning and totally shifted perspectives. And the other part of that was, um, I never questioned God, why me? Like, why do I have to go through this? And honestly, at the beginning, I was like, well, no, duh, me, like (laughs) already taught me these lessons and you know, I'm going to praise you no matter what. And to be honest, I was actually very, very surprised when God healed Peter, um, which is like, I don't know if you want to go into that. Yeah, yeah no, we're good. Um, so I went through two rounds of chemo. We actually saw the tumor because we did a biopsy. He looked crazy, but then his swelling actually shrunk, which everyone was like, what, why? We don't know. But then it started growing again. We're like, okay happened the tumor is growing and it's growing fast chemo we saw it visibly shrinking um but since it was shrinking we scheduled a surgery to remove as much tumor as possible um they didn't expect to get it all and you know radiation was part of the plan blah 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 blah. yeah we went in for surgery and um they couldn't find a tumor in there there was no tumor um and actually, one of my friends had this picture that she shared with me because at our church, we're really into um, listening prayer and prayers and just Holy Spirit, what do you want to sh- say? Potentially not saying God said this, but this is a picture I'm getting. What does it mean to you? And one of my really good friends, she said she had a picture of God's thumb just wiping away the tumor. So clean. And that's literally like what he did because the surgeon was like, it's not there. I don't understand. I'm going to take out the entire temporalis muscle just because even though I can't see it, it's got to still be there. We're going to send it to pathology and see what they can find. Pathology couldn't find any tumor in there either. So um, they call it a remarkable response to the chemo. And I'm like, (laughs) sure. I think God does use, you know, medical stuff. I'm not beyond that. Hence, we're still doing the full protocol of chemo, radiation, because the only thing I heard from God at the beginning was trust the doctors. If I don't want you to go through this stuff, I will change their minds because <laughs> he didn't do anything. He didn't change their minds. I was hoping he would. Um, so we're still going through all of this stuff, still walking through it. I am fully convinced that God yes. healed him. Um, so I don't even, now I've like gotten off track. So I get so excited about it. declaring what actually happened because I have found through this that I'll water that down to say, oh, 
he's doing great when, you know, people learn that he's going through chemo, like, oh, but he's doing awesome. And I won't give the credit where the credit is due. And I'm, I'm learning, like, that's some place that I'm growing right now is not being feared, uh, fearful of stepping on people's toes who might not believe in God. I'm like, who cares? This is what happened. And I'm going to say, um, (laughs) anyway, so what I was going to say was actually really surprised God healed him. And when there wasn't a tumor, because I was like, God, you know, I'm going to praise you, even if you take my baby away from me. And so when he did it, I was like, oh, (laughs) I like, I, I had fully surrendered Peter's life, um, knowing that I was still going to declare God's goodness through it all. And I knew he would be there for me. Granted, I'm not a future teller person. Something could happen. It could come back. We know that. But I was like, dang, God, you are so good. And I know why you had me go through this because you prepared me for it. And you have been with me through it. And you will continue to be with me no matter what happens. So I never questioned why me. I'm like, of course, of course me. And I'm like, okay, God, what else are you going to take me through next? Because so I'm like in my head being like, okay, I'm probably next. I'll probably get cancer. Okay. You're going you're gonna to get me through that if that happens. I'm not going to worry about it. Not going to worry about but it. Well, and he's never done with top in my head. And he's, he's just never done with this. When we're like, it takes me a very long time to learn a lesson, like longer than I want to admit. And he keeps just bringing it up to me and bringing it up. And then finally I'm like, oh, there it is. And then I'm like, oh, well, that was a big lesson. So like, we're done, right? And then we're good. Like, Here's another one. And you're like, but I just learned this one over here. Like, I, I've learned to be faithful to you. I've learned to praise you in all the storms and things. Yeah. Like, can we just like be done? And he's like, no. <laughs> and cruise through life now? Yeah. Can we just like get to that point where like everything's good? And it's like, no, because every single day and every single moment that we're here is a new chance to get to know him deeper and to, to like really grow that faith bigger and deeper and see him work. And like, you saw a miracle in like, right in front of you. And people talk about God's miracles and people talk about, you know, all the things where they see his healing, but in a world that is so focused on the broken, how amazing is it that he gave you a miracle right in front of you? And the doctors can write, you know, what they need to write in the charts for like lawsuits and things. <laughs> but you need to say, not only is every child a miracle, but you have a miracle that you watched a miracle happen within. And it's just so beautiful because it's not something a lot of people get to experience. And as, as difficult as that can be as a mother to watch your baby, who, by the way, has the cutest bald head right now with the little zigzag scar across it. And it is so (laughs) cute. Um, But you get to hold this, this incredible child who God touched in such a beautiful way just so wiped yeah. it right away. So yeah. Peter's doing well and yeah. you're starting radiation soon. September. Okay. Are you done with chemo? Um, not yet. Will the last four weeks of chemo is radiation on top of it. So it's going to just be a very intense 
four weeks because he'll be getting both and it will be in Seattle and we don't live in Seattle. <laughs> so it'll be me and Peter on our own, just figuring it out. Gave you, gave God, gave Peter you for comfort. So you guys can just walk through that. And I know, um, we've touched on a lot. Um, and before we, we close out, how has your marriage been through this? How has Jack done through this? Like, I know it's, it's, it can be consuming when you have a child who is sick to have the, the focus be on this child, but you do have Jack and you do have a marriage and you are a yeah. whole person yourself and you know, all these, all these other moving parts that, um, I know the last year has had a definite focal point, but yeah. how has your relationship with Jack been and how has your marriage been through this roller coaster? Hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so for Jack, he's done, I'd say surprisingly well, he, he doesn't really know what's going on. We haven't really talked to him. I think he just assumes that all kids go to the doctor all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all little brothers just go to the doctor. All little brothers. This is just what happens. Cause we always tell him where I am. Um, mom has to take Jack to the, or Peter to the doctor. And he's yeah. like, okay, bye. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he, it's hard to know what is him being three years old. And what is just, you know, him having to do a lot more play dates with people because he can't come to any appointments with us. Um, so he's had, um, my dad moved here after my mom passed away, which has been great having him here for watching after Jack. Um, but it's been a lot of play dates with other friends and just trying to find other people to watch him. Um, and so, you know, he's had a lot of transition just in that because before that it was, he's always been home with me. He's never been in daycare. I've always just been the stay-at-home mom, him and me. Um, and so, he, but he's doing really well. He has big emotions. So do all of my friends' kids. So in general, I think he's thriving, um, which has been a big prayer through all of this. Of like, do not let this hurt him in any way. Yeah. Um, but it, in a way, it's also helped me, you know, perspective, yes, with Peter, but also perspective with Jack. He could die at any point. He could get hit by a car. So it also kind of, that reminder of life is precious. Try to appreciate even when he's hard. Yes. Um, so he's doing good. My marriage, honestly, it kind of depends on the week that you ask me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the most part, I would say that we're doing really well. And then there are times of tension. Um, that's usually when we aren't uh, focusing as much on God, when we haven't been making sex or intimacy a priority. Those things that you kind of know help marriage. Yeah, it still applies. It still yep. applies when other things are happening. But overall, um, I think we're doing it so good because they warned us at the beginning of this that it is a strain on a marriage. And so we have just had to be extra uh, vigilant of our communication, mm -hmm. of our connection, of our openness. I think one thing that I realized right away was this has softened Richard, my husband's heart. Um, before this, I think I saw him cry like four times yeah. in our marriage. And especially that first month when everything was happening, 
<clears throat> I saw him cry a lot more because he also had to just let the walls down and realize that he couldn't be the strong one. Like he could not hold it in and we had to grieve together what was happening. Um, and so that was a beautiful thing because he is a wonderful man who is willing to be softened by God and, um, and all of that. And he also realized that he couldn't drop all the healthy habits. He couldn't turn to alcohol um, or food or all these things that he also really enjoyed and found comfort in. So um, like together, we realized like where our priorities needed to lie, that we had to rely on each other, but we also had to point each other to God and yeah. say one day at a time, babe, like, because there were the times where I'd be struggling and he'd have to remind me, he'd be struggling and I'd have to remind him. Um, so yeah, overall, I think our marriage is in a deeper place, a more beautiful place. Um, yeah, so it's good, but it's by no means perfect. Perfect. But it is, it's in a good place and a healthy place and one that doesn't just try to shove conflict under the rug, um, but one that exposes it and tries to tear the roof off of that. Because actually we went through a couple harder months where we were shoving things under the surface last August. Mm -hmm. It was a year ago, um, you know, because we had a toddler, we had a newborn and we were just not talking about some issues. A lot of it was me, um, digging things under the rug and not saying things that need to be said in the name of, oh, I'm such a patient wife. I'm such a gracious wife. I'm not going to say the things that are on my mind because I'm such a good wife. Um, <laughs> but he saw right through that and saw that I was just harboring bitterness towards him. Uh, <laughs> so, Which happens so easily, mind you. So easily. Um, and just the lid blew off on this big conversation that happened an hour before we were supposed to host all of our neighbors for the first time <laughs> at a neighborhood, of course, you know, and so then it festered for a little longer till we could actually have a date where, uh, anyway, it, it was a whole thing, but <laughs> it came at a good time because we didn't know that three months later would be when we really needed our marriage to be the strongest. Yeah. So like everything kind of blew up for a month or so. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had open communication. Like that was the start of it, which I actually forgot that that even happened. Yeah. <laughs> but it did. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad that happened because yeah. if we had let things fester, yeah. I don't know how this year would have gone down. I think it's Not so easy. In a pretty way. We are two imperfect people living a life that you just like intertwine your life and we all have past hurts and we all have past messages and we all have you know what maybe messages of how we should be as a wife or how we should be as a husband and and just like you said you know men have a lot of men have this message that you have to be strong and so like you can't cry and you have to be the protector and all these things and then you guys have this big blowout fight and it's like, whoa, this really sucks. And then this whole life thing gets turned upside down and it's like, oh wait, that was the beginning. That was where we needed to learn kind of these things where it is okay to have these conversations. It is okay to, to dive a little bit deeper. And in marriage, it's like, there are many times where throughout the years, I'm like, are we roommates again? Okay. We need to go back to like some marital things because we're kind of missing yeah. out on these these topics over here because you know you get 
with kids, you're raising kids and you've got jobs and you have all these things that it's kind of like wash, rinse and repeat every day. And it's easy to just do life together and not do life married together and kind of stand together. Um, Well, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you feel um, that you wanted to talk about or that you feel is a vital piece before we close things out? Um, The only other thing that's really been a big lesson that I was just reminded of earlier this week is people look to my story and then all of a sudden disqualify their hard that they're going through because they're like, I can't even touch my child having cancer and everything you're going through. And they won't let themselves feel the hard things because it's not the same as someone else. Yes. And what I have realized in this whole thing is hard. Is there hard? Yeah. Whether that is our toddler, like yeah. being told no, this is a hard thing to him. And we can't disqualify that. But also everyone has something going on in their life. And the best thing that we can do is be open and honest about it with people who are willing to be in that place with us mm-hmm. um, and not let someone else's pain disqualify our own. Um, and yeah, just let it be what it, what it is and carry each other's burdens. Uh, so yeah, that, I think that's just like the other thing that I have learned. And it's just like opened my heart and my eyes because people have been willing to open up a little bit more to me mm-hmm. as I've opened up about, I mean, they opened up when I opened up about miscarriage. They opened up all different times, but especially with this, I've gotten those messages of like, oh, I can't even tell you what I'm going through until I tell them, no, please do. Like, I <laughs> want to hear. I'm I'm here. Like, <laughs> yes, I only have so much capacity, yeah. um, both physically and mentally, but that doesn't mean that you can't talk to me. That doesn't mean that I am all of a sudden on a level that you can't reach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the other just side tangent of listeners, <laughs> whatever you are going through right now, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to question. It's okay to wonder, but also know that God is right there in the middle of your hurt and he weeps with you. He may know how he's going to use it. He may know so much more than we ever will, but that doesn't mean that he is angry that you're questioning it doesn't mean that he is far off and distant just because this is happening to you he knew (laughs) he knows what it's like to lose a son he gave up jesus and he knew that and jesus with lazarus he knew that he was going to raise him back to life but he still wept. he was still with mary and martha in that pain and he is with you in your pain but know that if you surrender it to him Yes, the circumstance might not change the way that we want it to, but God can redeem all things and use all things for good. It might not feel good right now, (laughs) but it will be used for good if we let it. And he will be with you in every hurt, in every struggle, and he will give you strength and joy and peace one day at a time if you ask him to and are willing to receive it. Amen. Well, that is like the perfect ending to the podcast. Um, <laughs> one more thing before we go, I just want to ask you real quick, is there any specific prayer requests for your family right now or for Peter right now, as you guys are walking into this, that our listeners can be 
praying for you or is there anything um, that they can add to their prayer list or, or, or whatever for your family? Yeah, the big thing is that month that we're going through radiation. It's, you know, two part. First is for Richard and Jack as they're here alone. Like Jack's been away from me with just Richard for, I think, four days while I've done like a girl's trip, um, but never four weeks. He also doesn't know what's happening yet. We'll see when we tell him. <laughs> um, but just for their relationship to just really this be a wonderful time and not a stressful or like, you know how it could be. Um, so patience and stuff for Richard and for Jack to just thrive in this daddy son time. Um, and then for me and Peter, the big prayer really is for Peter's body to handle the radiation really well. There are a lot of side effects with radiation, some short-term, some long-term, since it is near his brain. Um, luckily, the reason we're going to Seattle is we're doing what's called proton radiation, where I didn't know anything about radiation before, yeah. but normally it's like an entry point and an exit point. So it would ra send radiation through the whole brain. This one actually just goes pretty much only as deep as they need it to go. And then it comes back out. So there are less side effects to his brain, but there it's still right there and so you know they said that he could have some learning disabilities that we won't know of until he's in school and um just those types of things that we're praying against um but also knowing that god knows exact things that he wants to happen um if he wants him to have these side effects so be it he's going to use it how he wants but we're still going to pray against them <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's and so where are you guys staying in Seattle? Are you staying with friends? Are you having to stay at a hotel for these four weeks? Um, I'm not really sure. I have a lot of friends over there. Um, but I'm not going to stay with any of them just because I don't want to intrude. Hopefully we'll get into the Ronald McDonald house. Um, when we were there for his surgery, we didn't get in because there's a lot of need. So we booked an Airbnb for the first week that I'm actually like, Oh, this looks cute. Like this will yeah. be fun. Um, so hopefully there for a week, and then the Ronald McDonald House the last three weeks. Okay. But we're just gonna play it by ear. All right. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, and so we're gonna make the most of wherever we stay. Okay. Well, <laughs> listeners, if there is any way that you want to help Hannah and her family out, you can always contact me at Shay S H A Y at abidinglife.com. Um, and Thank you for all your prayers for this family in advance because I know you're going to have a lot of people praying for you and I already do have a lot of people. You have such a great Thank community and, and support team and I appreciate your time and your beautiful story and for you just yeah. being able to be here and be vulnerable and open in such a beautiful way. And you have such, it's so interesting how God has really given you a gift of telling your story in the most encouraging way to where, Thank you know, life got a little crazy the last year and you're going through this yet the way that you tell <laughs> is even the story in and of itself is such an encouragement and so thank you for being able to share that gift with us today and I really appreciate okay. you um don't get off yet though because I do want to talk to you after I end the call so okay. thank you everybody for <laughs> listening good. we really appreciate you 
you, Hannah, for being here. And I appreciate you listeners for um, being here. And again, if you need anything, shayatabidinglife.com. And we'll see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe so you are the first to know when a podcast is released. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to you joining us next time here at Abiding Life Studios.